and hang the on. Sanctuary? A hot tub sanctuary? So, so you're you going to rescue like hot tubs that are endangered and no, let them go live on be, your property? It'll be a sanctuary <laughs> for people, but it'll have a hot tub. <laughs> so it'll be like, um, it'll be like, uh, Col- ch- uh you, you guys heard it first here. Colin is planting a church centered yes. around hot tubs. Nice. So what will happen is whoever is giving the message that week will be in the hot tub and they'll have their Bible on the, mm-hmm. on the, on the handrail and everybody else will sit on the porch around them envious of the hot tub. <laughs> and it will be up to them to be humble enough to say, I don't need to get in the hot tub right now. I need to learn about the word. It's a great learning experience for all. Involved. If you get a hot tub, oh my goodness. You, you're kind of just in time for the cooler weather. So that might be nice. And it'll be one of those things where it's like, um, <laughs> like two two people from the church walk up and they're like, "Hey, our mom says that we're ready for to be your right and left hand man." And I'm like, "Oh, you want to sit in this cup, this large cup? You don't know what <laughs> you don't know what kind of cup this, this is. Cup. <laughs> you can't sit on my left side or my right side. You want to know why? Because I'm got my legs spread out and I'm kind of laying down in this thing. So." <laughs> Nice. Check yourself, John and James. <laughs> oh, All right. Man. I just recently oh, go got um, a grill set up. So even though Ooh. the cooler mm-hmm. weather is, is coming for us um, in this part of the country, um, I'm now ready for fall and winter to grill outside. <laughs> Ooh, that'll be fun. So there we go. Yeah. yeah. That'll be super fun and exciting. Um, I think that the weather has been really, really nice lately. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think so. I think we're going to have some more warm days before it gets oh, cold. Yeah. It'll be yeah, cold but, uh, in the mornings. but I, I've enjoyed having a few, a few chillier days. I have. Yes, me too. See, I like the chillier days, but I, I don't think they're fully here to stay yet. You got to remember, like, there's usually that, like, fake summer in, like, either oh, late yeah. October or early November. <laughs> so we're still counting on that. So anyway, that'll be when when we can grill and cook out. So that sounds awesome. So you should bring your grill over to the uh, hot tub sanctuary porch. Yeah, exactly. And we'll do it. We'll do a a, a kind of crossover thing. That'll be fun. Yeah, well, the sacrament's got to be served somehow. Bob, what do you have? Well, to what, contribute? What, what, what better way than a grill? Bob, what do you have to contribute? Tell me, you have a project where you're where you're making really nice porch chairs out of. Um, old driftwood and then we'll have a perfect thing <laughs> zach will bring the grill you bring these uh these chairs and i'll have the hot tub and it'll be the perfect porch party well we actually was making it more out of like uh old electronics more so than anything else but. oh okay so oh, it's like yeah. a bunch of motherboards like soldered yeah. together to make a like sort of uh reclining chair yeah. i'm yeah, imagining so, but- like the uh game of thrones throne but with like keyboards. <laughs> good. That's good. Yes. Like that. <laughs> yes. So, uh, but I was thinking about using like the seat to be more like a, more like a server style motherboard because the server styles usually has multiple processor chips. And so sure. you got, so you got a socket for each cheek as you're sitting there. So, uh, so well, you, here's you, the you, thing, you, the, two sockets. So, so one socket yeah. for each cheek, the pins on the microchips are very, very sharp. And if you got stabbed by just one of them, you know, it would really hurt. But the thing about pins, it's the same thing with nails. If there's a whole bunch of them and you have a wide <laughs> surface area on your bum, you could sit on it and yep. it would spread it all out and uh, true. it wouldn't hurt. 
Oh my goodness. Oh, okay, you oh guys ready God. to start? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we got to get rid of this nonsense. Let's do it. <laughs> I'm Zach. I'm Colin. And I'm Bob. And, and welcome, welcome to the, to the House Plants Podcast. Podcast. And we're here Those to talk about. Lined up. We yeah, are here so. to talk about music, media, m- 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 media, and the mission of Jesus. Heck yes. Heck and yeah. A lot so, of other stuff. Awesome. And a lot awesome. of scripture lately. Uh, boring. <laughs> who, who cares about that? <laughs> We're just making like, you know, Ugh. thesis papers every single episode. Get back to the uh, top 10 list where you <laughs> judge things. <laughs> Topical events only. <laughs> no, we're here ex- to talk about the uh top 10 who wore it best pastors who wore the v-necks best who wore the uh plaid shirts best yeah we prefer expository podcasting so. let's start with uh benny hinn from uh, 1978 he's just wearing the heck out of that sweater <laughs> all right so um i'll give him a nine so um top 10 best faith healers yeah <laughs> He, he he wore that sweater awesome, and he wore that jacket great. It was a 9 out of 10 until he took it off and started hitting people with it. A 2. <laughs> he did not wear it well. All right. So, all right. We're still being silly. Let's get into things here. We're going to be talking about another biblical figure tonight. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, um, we're looking nah, forward to this one. This should be nah, a lot man. of fun. So we um, we <laughs> we have been finding some really interesting characters that – um, are sort of like I said, like we always say, are overlooked a little bit just because they yeah. have, yeah, uh, maybe a smaller section in the grand story. But Second uh, Kings, what we're going to be talking about in Second Kings tonight is it's, it's just chock full of these really interesting stories that are a part of Elijah's like story and a part of the like uh, city of Israel um, and and a lot of the kind of influences of Samaria at the time, um, the influences of what would later become like uh, Damascus and some of the rulers that were kind yeah. of impeding on Israel and stuff. And so mm-hmm. that's going to be a big part of it. But also like, we like to take a look at like, you know, the unsung heroes and tonight yeah. is it's Bob's chance to, uh, to talk about one of his heroes. So that'll be a lot well, of fun. I, I'm not sure if I would say hero, but definitely no, you interesting figure. Nonetheless, it, it's, 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 I'm not sure if unsung hero is the best way of phrase it. But it's definitely a really, really interesting story that I think has has a lot of good meat to it. Yeah. So, so like, so I like always I say I say mm, hero, but I say hero the way that um, Sight and Sound Theater in Branson, Michigan would say hero. Like okay. we saw the uh, Samson musical about Samson. And the first he's like, a superhero, actually. And the, well, the first <laughs> like, song he's that, like the Incredible Hulk of the Bible. <laughs> the first song that they sing is like he goes like he was a hero, but not a typical hero. <laughs> you know, it's like <laughs> he was a different <laughs> kind of man, and it's like it's kind of an anti-hero sometimes. Right, right, right. Yeah, so, in a lot of so, ways. Yes. So these are these are the ones we don't hear about. These are yeah. the um, cyborgs. Of the um, DCU, <laughs> or the uh, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Cyborg. The, yeah. These are the, these are the um, Mad Hatter of the Batman universe. Yeah, it's like Iron Man or Doctor right. Strange before they That's had right. movies. You don't you don't hear about them as much. So anyway, before we get into any of that, we're going to do some worship. Um, 
Oh, we yeah. have been lately. I feel like we've been really, really hitting some good strides with quality, and and I've really yeah. been excited. Me and Zach have been kind of pushing each other to to not only um, mm-hmm. come with come to worship with some with some great lyrical and stylistic choices, but also just the quality has been getting really good. Not that we're trying to make this some a uh, performance, but one of the one of the good things about um, doing things post mm-hmm. is getting a chance to kind of look at and how to like clean up some things that we wouldn't have been able yeah. to do live. Our our, listeners are probably yeah. not ready for it yet, but their kids <laughs> are gonna love it. And, and uh, all of our listeners may already know this, but every uh, every Back to the Future reference on the podcast was started by Zach. So there you go. <laughs> yes, and gotta, and gotta keep it going. <laughs> I have a quote I don't meet. <laughs> yeah, you got a list of 20 of them. And if you if you follow us on Patreon, then there's a strong probability you might have actually heard this one ahead of time. So, um, and if you want to get a sneak peek at what some of this worship music is, or even get the opportunity to download and have it in your own music library, uh, yeah. just check, check us out over, over there. Uh, yeah. So, without further ado, here it is. Bearing fruit 
Spirit, I ask that you um, pour out yourself on this podcast. I ask, Lord, that you would uh, speak through us, um, that you would reach um, our listeners and anyone within the sound of my voice. Pray that you would use um, the scriptures just to glorify Jesus and to uh, draw people to the Father. Um, We thank you so much for your love for us. Thank you for guiding us, and um, I just pray that this podcast would give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Uh, so, All right. We are, okay, so I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of mm-hmm. open up the floor for Bobby here. I want to hear, uh, Bob, wh- uh, what made you pick Naaman of all of the biblical figures well i i don't know he's 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 definitely one that is um not really spoken of very much i've never heard a sermon on on naaman or or naaman i, I don't know how to pronounce the name properly but uh I, I, nah, I've, been, man. I, I, I've been saying it naaman but now i hear you guys saying naaman so i'm thinking maybe it does might be the better way of saying it so but once again i've never heard it preached i've never, I've never heard it verbalized mm. or pronounced but i found the story quite intriguing um once again not necessarily from a hero heroic perspective as much as it is just sure. a really interesting story i felt like there's a lot of there's a lot of good stuff in this story yeah um that's true and, and and just a lot of things going on here and just really really uh i i i, I don't know I, I didn't feel like there was very many tales like this one especially from the old testament perspective if that makes sense you know occasionally you see people yeah. with with illnesses coming out to jesus in the new testament i mean that's somewhat of a regular occurrence and saying hey heal me but seeing it in this fashion was very was, was, was very different uh i i kind of put it somewhat uh, the closest parallel you could say is kind of like the centurion who comes to jesus 
Um, but, uh, but, but my favorite same, character from the Bible. Yeah. But at the same time, there, there's also a lot of differences here. And the story's a little bit more in detail than what the centurion story is. But, um, but man, I, I just, I don't know. I just, I found it like it was, it was some, it was some good stuff. And not only that, but he's, he's not like the main character. The main character here is, is, is actually the prophet Elisha, um, uh, Elisha, not Elijah. So, which, uh, it's very easy to get those two mixed up, uh, when you're trying to pronounce them. But, uh, Double portion, yeah. So, but one uh, of them had a great affinity yeah. for bears. One of them <laughs> that was a wimp and ran away. <laughs> Elisha did have an affinity for bears. Oh my goodness! One of so. them was a wimp and ran away. That's what I always tell people. <laughs> hey, uh, dogs are going to kill you, Jezebel. Oh yeah, we'll kill you. Uh, <laughs> I shouldn't have threatened her. <laughs> Yeah, so 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 th- today's story does take place in Second Kings, Second Kings chapter five, um, and this is after the split of of the, of the nation of Israel. So you got Israel and Judah. Uh, this takes place with the, uh, Elisha the prophet, as I mentioned. Um, it takes place in Israel itself, not 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 in the land of Judah, but in the nation of Israel. Um, as the Joram, the son of Ahab, is king of Israel, um, and it, it specifically mentions the uh, the the. Um, Second Kings here mentions is, uh, is the king of Israel in Samaria. So I don't know much about that particular situation of why he had to say he's the king of Israel in Samaria. But um, but the, the Bible specifically does mention that. Um, and, but we're introduced to this character of uh, Naaman, who is not part of the nation of Israel. In fact, he is a commander for the king of Aram. Um, and so and Aram is a nation who built many different city kingdoms, such as Damascus, um, and, and was and did have a very strong pull in this region. Uh, the, Bi- the Bible describes him as mighty or valiant. He's a soldier who had some sort of skin disease. A lot of translations will say leprosy, uh, but sometimes you'll see a footnote that just says skin disease because at this time in history, all skin diseases were kind of treated as leprosy. So um, – he had a wife who had a servant girl who they um, Second Kings five mentions that they uh, that they uh, bands of Sumerians it says in, in verse two had invaded the land of Israel and among their captives was a little girl who was who had been given to Naaman's wife as a maid um, and so that's what it really says about that uh, that's not necessarily uh, treated as it, I find it interesting that it didn't really treat that line as a good thing or a bad thing it just simply says yeah and then this thing happened. It's like, yeah, it was just, just another day, you know, just another event. Yeah. Um, obviously, we would hear that and think, oh, how terrible. And yet the Bible kind of says, yeah, then this thing happened, which I, I found it interesting that there was no kind of commentary as to whether that being good or bad. But in verse three, um, it mentions that the little uh, that the girl mentions to to the uh, to her mistress. I wish that my master would go see the prophet in, in Samaria. He would heal him of his leprosy. So referring to, of course, uh, uh, Elisha. Um, and so uh, Naaman gets permission from his king to go. And that's kind of where the story starts off. Um, and so, so which, is, which is really, really interesting. We got the story about a non-Israeli figure. The entire chapter is mm-hmm. mostly pretty much dedicated to him. You know, to this non-Israeli figure who comes in and has this event happen to him as he interacts with, uh, uh, with, with, with Israel and more specifically with Elijah. So what's interesting about that, Bob, let's take a, take a, take a break from like yeah. 
I just wanted to say, so obviously we know in modern day Christianity that God is able to use those that aren't of like native Jewish like blood for great things. Oh, of um, course, of course. Yeah. And so this is another example of, of God saying like, I'm going to use this particular person. And what's interesting is mm-hmm. um, there are several different instances throughout um, the minor prophets leading up to the gospel where armies come in and wipe out the bad influences in, in um, Israel. So like, um, I'm just thinking of random examples, but like maybe like Hosea or something where he's like, you better be careful because God's going to bring his wrath and like this army is going to come and wipe everyone out. And so I think this is one of the earlier examples of God saying like, no, I'm going to use this like commander to like help um, get, get some of that kind of stuff done because he's a soldier, even though he's not, um, he's from, he's like a, you know, he's a, what do you call it? A, a, Aramian or whatever you want to say. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Um, from, from the nation of Aram. Yeah. For yeah. Whatever you would refer to them as, uh, Amarians or yeah. What would, so he's using whatever you want to use there. Not native of, uh, not native of Israel. And mm-hmm. that's been mm-hmm. significant to this story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, yeah, it, it is, it is quite interesting. And so and this, I think it's one thing that kind of drew me to him specifically is that right. you've got someone, an outsider, you know, he doesn't know about the customs. He doesn't understand the culture. He doesn't know who these people even are. He just, we've just got this high level military, military figure who's like, Hey, I, I've got this, who has this disease that's overcome him. He's like, and yeah. and feeling kind of helpless in a lot of ways. And uh, well, well, it's because it's because like other cultures become inundated in 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 like Israel mm-hmm. as they are interacting with people of Israel. And then yeah. mm-hmm. kind of so you you see later you see like Roman soldiers become Christian, you know, believing in Jesus like the Roman centurion yeah, because the Roman oh, Empire yeah. was around in Jerusalem. They're, they're just the like time. a part of the culture. Yeah. So like you go out every day and you see Jewish people who believe in God. And so that can kind of take its, take its hold. And as we read the scriptures, we're going to find out that, that Naaman really does believe that he's been, he's been blessed yeah. by God as, as far as what I understand. of the It reminds me a lot of what we talked about on one of our Civ bonus episodes, yeah. which you guys should totally check out if you haven't seen yet. Um, but remember we talked about the way, First, the way that kind of like the news about the God of Israel spread and then later how the gospel of Jesus spread really similar Mm -hmm. because it's like God just uses Jews and then later Christians kind of to be in the lives of other people. Mm -hmm. And so he draws like these like Gentiles in who don't have a background, people like Naaman, but they end up around people from Israel and then they kind of experience God that way. Mm hmm. Oh yeah, it, and, and so it, it, and I think this is, it's stories like this, that uh, that make me question. It it, it just kind of it kind of raises an eyebrow because of how we see the Jews treat outsiders in in more of the gospel setting. Mm-hmm. And so and and this he I mean he becomes once again he's got an entire chapter pretty much dedicated to his story. And yet he's more or less 
but but outsiders are very much disregarded by Jews. No, no, no. Granted, at this point in time, in the time of Jesus, the outsiders are also the ones they're conquerors. So I understand some of the sentiments against them, but mm-hmm. just the idea of inviting Gentiles into the faith is just so disregarded, especially at this time in Second Kings, because this is way back in the BC era before. You know, before we started hearing yeah. about that kind of thing, you had, you know, central locations where different cultures were coming from, but you didn't have. Yeah, that's yeah. I mean, that's a yeah. good point. And then also I wanted to mention this before we get into the story, too. I want to find out how it's possible that a person with leprosy or I mean, even if it was just a regular skin disease, I want to find out how it's possible that that person was able to still like walk around and do things Um without people saying he needs to be quarantined or put in a pit, I guess his well, standing as a, as a soldier made it harder for him to be called out in that way. Well, 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 well in many ways it's, it's um, I mean, it depends on the situation. You look at Deuteronomy and that actually does call for those individuals to be quarantined more or less cover their mouth and actually shout out unclean, unclean as they come close to anybody. Yeah. Um, and so, right. I mean, that, that was part of the Jewish uh, law already. And I'm assuming that probably other nations had similar things. When we see him traveling, he has an entourage with him. But uh, it's easy to assume that there was probably nobody in his chariot that he was that he was that that he was riding in um, as as he as he was to 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 make sure that it doesn't spread to other people. Um, Despite the fact I'm sure we're all certain that it probably I mean these situations probably do spread quite a bit. They. I mean, the idea of germ theory and the more greater details were still unknown. But at the same time, people did, were aware. I mean, once again, we, back in Deuteronomy, we have uh, evidence of, of, you know, the idea of of how Jews handled these situations. And um, maybe they took cleanliness more seriously than other nations. Um, but I don't think that – but I, I, I think I, – and, and you can easily assume that based on the also the dietary habits they had. Um, but I don't think it was – that much more in this sense. I mean, I don't think quarantining your sick was necessarily that strange of an idea. But, but I don't know. Um, m- maybe I'm completely off base there. So I think that you no, I, I don't think you're off base. I think that um, I think that it's just, I guess, interesting that this time period, you would think that there would be a lot more prejudice against you know, people with diseases, people from other countries and all of this stuff. So I just, Oh, I'm sure there was, I am certain there was. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, all the more reason why I think this story is so intriguing, but Naaman was a big figure in the, um, from the Aramean nation. So Hmm. see, that's what I think. I think that his standing has enough like an ambassador or something. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and one of the first things we find in this story is the fact that, Na- that Naaman does, in fact, travel with a letter from his king giving him permission to, 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 to come and see and to be healed within the nation of Israel. Um, and that's the, it's one of the first major points we have here. Um, so it, um, is the, uh, in verse 4, uh, um, uh, his, his king says, the king of Aram said, go then and I will send along a letter to the king of Israel. So he does. And so, and I think this right here is where wow. you've got your first game of telephone being played because, um, because the little girl mentions um, that, that I wish my Lord would see the prophet 
who is in Samaria. And what they do is they is that is that, is that uh, the commander then takes this information, talks to his talks to the king, and he says, "Yeah, yeah, let me go and send you a, a letter for the king of Israel, not for the prophet, but for the king." And it says, um, and the letter reads when he reaches it, it says, uh, "When this letter reaches you, know that I have sent you my servant Naaman, that you may cu- that you may cure him of, of his leprosy or skin disease, that you may cure him of of of, the, of, the, of his illness, his skin illness." And the verse seven says, when the king of Israel read this letter, he tore his clothes. So he went into a state of mourning, you know, public mourning. Uh, and, Rending and sa- his garments. Yes. And he says, am I God to give life or death that this man sends word to me to cure a man of his leprosy? Just look at, and see how he is trying to pick a quarrel with me. They're like, they're like, so so he, he, he's like, they're asking this impossible test. They just want to start a fight between our nations. It's a setup. You know, and. Yeah. Right, because the implication is they send him there saying like, hey, cure his leprosy. And he's like, I can't. So now it's like I, yeah. I'm asked to do this thing. And when I can't do it, I'm going to be looked at as the guy who refused to yeah. do the thing. And it'll what cause us to go to war. <laughs> yeah, but 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 here's the thing. I, I can forgive the uh, Naaman and, and his king for not thinking about, you know, adv- you know, sending him to the prophet directly. You know they don't necessarily understand the command structure of they 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 may not fully understand the command structure of Israel in the sense that you know you know the prophet of Israel in this day and age actually has the ability to uh, uh, to um um to add and remove the king as the prophet sees fit on God's behalf. <clears throat> but, so, it, but 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 for the king to to not think about Elisha, for the king to not think about a prophet to send him to. Um, that that that's where I find this this issue kind of humorous, because Elisha catches wind of this and he's like, no no, King uh, Joram, King Joram, send send him over to me, you know. But but why didn't the king first uh, suggest this? Why did Elisha have to speak up and say no no, send him over to me? Why you know what what that the, the king should it should be pretty obvious for the king to send him to uh, to the prophet Elisha, or maybe that's me thinking about it in hindsight i think that well no i think that there is something to be said about that because um by joram not i'm not saying that this is what the bible is saying there i'm saying that like um i think that he his mentality as king is that he thinks he should be the one to like fix all whatever and he doesn't even think to like relinquish that, yeah. Uh, that yeah. authority to God. And as a result, um, I think he's showing his, what do you call it? He's showing his face, uh, whatever that phrase is. Sure. Basically sure. he's, 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 he's release, uh, revealing his true colors, so to speak. Well, yeah, but not just that, but he's also like, he, he's, his mind immediately goes to like, I can't do this thing. But like he never thinks like, well, maybe there is like because I believe in the Lord, maybe there's a person who uh, I know I mm-hmm. can trust to get this done. Like it's sure. it's kind of the difference between somebody like Nebuchadnezzar beginning beginning to like rely on Daniel versus like Joram not begin not really relying on Elisha the way he should. Mm-hmm. And Which, Nebuchadnezzar yeah. was not from the Jewish nation. So that's right. another example there. 
There you go. So, but yeah. I, 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 but I think you bring up a really good point there, Colin. Because how often do we encounter our situations, especially ones that are that are clearly meant for God? You know, clearly it is God who heals, and yet, and then wonder how we're supposed to solve this problem. You know, if the problem is clearly for God, then address it to God right. and turn it over to God. You know, you know, it, it doesn't mean that we're not supposed to do anything. Uh, King Joram still had to send the man to Elisha after all. You know, so we might still have some role to play in that. But ultimately, recognizing that it is not us who does it, but is in fact, it is God who makes things happen through us or through a, another means. But whatever it is, the point is, is that an issue, a thing that is clearly meant for God, we need to be open to the idea that those actually get issued to God. Right. Yeah, I agree. All right. So what's next? What's next in this crazy story? Well, what's next is the fact that um, that Naaman is, is, is sent over to Elisha. He has a double portion. <laughs> yes, and Elisha tells him, Elisha sends out his servant and tells him to go wash in the river seven times. Right. And so, what, which is interesting to me because, once again, Naaman, uh, Naaman gets upset for this. Okay. But the reason why I find this washing to be interesting is the fact that uh, uh, Naaman would not have been aware of some of the Jewish customs. So, he would uh -huh. not have recognized the fact that this washing of seven times. Is actually yeah. the, the 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 mikveh, um, uh, uh, which is a uh, the cleansing bath. It, it appears several times in the book of Leviticus. This is a this is a ritual cleansing that takes place usually among priests before they go in. Uh, it's it's like the start of of the cleansing that you before you go, especially when going into the holy of holies. You know, but this is a cleansing ritual. This is a serious act of worship mm -hmm. that 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 uh, uh, is is the and so so he's telling. Naaman to go basically perform this cleansing ritual, which is which is really really interesting to me. So, um, so what the real truth of this whole story was is that he just had like a few, um, you know, mud pies basically on his arms and legs. <laughs> he had just never dirt. gone, he never gone and gave himself a bath. He left the spoils of war on him, and he had like little pieces of skin and stuff just from like killing people and then so like, go and wash yourself in the, in the see shower go wash yourself oh, in the river seven times he's like ugh, that makes me so mad i i hate taking a bath i've been taking a bath <laughs> in several years yeah. well well but, but but you know that might have been how naaman felt like he was being treated because he well <laughs> right. i've got this i've got this leprosy well go take a bath and he's it, and he gets upset about this you know he doesn't recognize that it's a, a cleansing yeah. ritual but, you know, it could be, you know, he wanted something grandiose. He wanted some yeah. big event to take place that was going to, you know, cure him of this. And he, and he even responds with, I've got rivers in my homeland. We've got better rivers than this. Yeah, it's like. It's like, I can go wash back home. Why did I come all out here just to take a bath? Yeah. Well, so here's another That's thing. That's kind of lame, you know. Yeah, yeah this is so I, lame. I, I think I read um, somebody was writing about this passage and they were saying Naaman probably was expecting like some kind of very shamanistic sort of ritual, you know, yeah. because like back then they had like magis and they had people who basically would like do all this crazy, like, you know, song and dance sort of stuff and almost kind of like cast spells. And so I think he was, you know, 
he was expecting like Gandalf to come out with like a glowing staff or something. And yeah, when the means of the healing turns out to be something just real ordinary, he's like, what's this? Yeah. Verse 11, he says, uh, Naaman says in verse 11, he says, I thought that for me, he would surely come out and stand and call on the name of the Lord, uh, his God, you know, that, that, yes. And would wave his hand over the spot and cure the leprosy. Uh Uh-huh. So again, I think Naaman, yeah. just like the 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 Joram guy, I think that what we're seeing here is a problem with. Um, I think we're seeing a problem with like self centered mentality and thinking, um, definitely on the part of Joram and on Naaman. Uh, but sure, what's what's interesting is I believe that what we see in his willingness to eventually do this thing, yeah, is. God requires an act of faith on our part for healing to happen. Like a lot of times, um, almost, well, not a lot of times, every single time there needs to be some, some version of, uh, of having some form of faith. Um, mm-hmm. whether it's a girl believing that if she just touches Jesus's like cloak, she'll be healed or, um, you know, somebody being obedient to, to baptizing themselves, things like that. I mean, it it looks different for different people throughout the scripture, but Mm -hmm. in this case, I think Elisha on behalf of God, you know, God is explaining to Elisha that if this guy just kind of like swallows his pride and does this thing, that's like the act of faith. Like that'll be the first, like that'll be the start of it. Um, so like he denies it first, but he denies doing it out of pride. Essentially, mm-hmm. that's that's mm-hmm. what we're talking about. Yeah, he wants he wants it to yeah. be a big ceremony because he wants he feels that that I think it, either two one of two things are true. Either he thinks that he is worth a bigger uh, ceremony, like mm-hmm. his 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 position, his prestige des- is deserving of a bigger ceremony, or they definitely played into it. Or he has he has a shaky belief on what it requires to heal, and he thinks that it requires yeah. a big show. Like, yeah. I mean, he's either mistaken mm-hmm. about how God heals, or he's too concerned with his own image. We, well, with being an outsider, once again, I kind of give him a little bit past there that he doesn't, sure. you know, not not really understanding how the God of Israel will sometimes interact. I'm sure he's seen, he's heard the stories of some of the some of the previous things, no doubt. I mean, there's absolutely no doubt that the battle between Elijah and and, uh, uh, calling down fire from heaven made its rounds. So there's I have no doubt about that. Well, so like, but but the smaller things he may not be more familiar with because they're not as interesting. And so he might have been expecting something more grandiose because he's not as familiar. But you're right. There's absolutely no doubt that he felt like he was a bigger deal. I thought Elijah himself would at least come out here with me and maybe wave his hands around. So you're saying that. You're saying that it, part of that probably his is his ignorance of sure. the way God works. Well, yeah, yeah, and yeah. He is, and he is and he is thinking more based on his own understanding of mm-hmm. Christianity that mm-hmm. isn't fully fleshed out. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah at this Judaism, time, Judaism. Not, but yes, yeah, but there's no doubt there's a level of pride there. You know, right? How mm-hmm. dare he command me to do something so basic and so simple? You yeah, know, the servant. It's interesting. We should we should maybe do a. Um, we should maybe do a uh, an episode on Elisha's servant because he ends up doing a lot of interesting things, and he and they just call him the servant. 
He also well, is involved in Jehu's story well, as well. well. Well, we'll actually get to him a little bit here, here, here in, in a bit because okay, cool. he, he definitely does come up quite a bit. But you're right. right. I mean, and the question is, how often do does our pride often get in the way of the simple commands we're given by God? Um, you know, I, this resonates a lot with me. If I can just share for a minute, I, talk, I sure. think I talked about this on another podcast, but the um the idea that like God wasn't working the way I thought He was supposed to work based on my own understanding mm. and then like kind of coming to a different realization. I think I mentioned it to you guys about like how God speaks to me versus how I thought God was supposed to speak to people. And, you know, thinking yeah. to yourself, I like, you Oh, I, 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 God's never spoken in my ear. So mm-hmm. clearly God's not speaking to me. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> no, <laughs> but do you get, do you get what I'm saying? Like, oh, yeah. like yeah. Yeah. Be, because of your own understanding, because you oh, don't, yeah. you're not willing to, to, to humble yourself to the idea that God works right. the way he works. It's not, it's not like for you to dictate how it works. And so in the same way, um, I think that that's, that's a lesson he needs to learn is that things don't operate because the way that he dictates, they work. It works the way God dictates it works. So, yeah. And so what comes next here is then that uh, uh, Naaman's servant kind of calls him out a little bit for during, during this rage. Um, And so uh, it it, it says here that uh, um, in verse 13, but a servant approached uh, and, and said to him, said to Naaman, uh, Father, if the prophet had commanded you to do something difficult, would you not have done it? How much more when all he said uh, uh, to you was wash and be clean? And so he went down and immersed himself seven times in the Jordan, according to the word of the man of God. His flesh was restored like the flesh of a young boy, and he was clean. My, and so- um, my version of the Bible, I think this is because yours says immersed. Mine mm-hmm. says dipped which is fun. Yes. Yes. He went down uh, and dipped himself in the Jordan seven times. You know, that word right there is, is uh, actually really, really interesting. And I even made a side note of it because, because in the Septuagint, which is the old Testament, uh, the old Testament translated into Greek is yeah. one of the things that early translations were really much based heavily on the Septuagint. Uh-huh. The Greek word that is used there is, is uh, baptism or where we get the, which is a verb to baptize. Ah, so which, 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 yeah, which I found to be very, very interesting. The fact that that was the, uh, that that's how it was translated into Greek was basically he was being baptized seven times as part of a clean, this cleansing. Gotcha. Okay. So yes, but, but, uh, but yeah, I, I found it interesting, but that it took his servant calling him out. Um, I mean, how often do we need people in our lives to talk some sense into us? How often do we surround ourselves with people who are willing to call us out when we're being ridiculous, you know, it, you know, it, it, name it, if, if, if it was something difficult, you would have done it. You're angry, not because of what he's commanded you, but simply because it's simple. Why not just give it a shot? You know, you would have done the difficult thing. Why not do the simple one? There you go. <laughs> Pride. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's so it's, so, yeah. So I, I find that to be fun. Um, the, the you know what? Um, you know what Yule Brenner would say from Cool Runnings? He would say, I see pride. I, I see, see power. power. I say a uh, bad A mother 
who don't take no crap off of nobody. Yeah. <laughs> but in this case, the implication is bad. <laughs> like yeah. He's like, I see that and that's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I want so, you to not be that way. Well, it's funny. Like God uses a servant here to yeah. speak truth. You know, to yes. speak truth. Like God's yeah, always using like, servant, an, un- his- an unlikely person. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yes. it's it's first it's Elisha's servant and then it's um his servant. Uh and yeah. so it's it's interesting that he has the the that's what I'm saying. It, he he's a flawed person but he, at least he was wise enough to say like, "Oh, maybe there's something to this." And he gave Yeah. It a shot. Absolutely. Yeah, so he, so he gave it a shot and it, and it and it worked. It worked exactly as as uh, as as Elisha told uh, told him it would. And says, and so he returned to the to uh, to the man of God, that is Elisha. Uh, he and all his company. He came and stood before him and said, "Now I know that there is no God in all the earth except in Israel. Please accept a present from your servant." Um, and but uh, but Elisha said, "As our Lord lives, whom I serve, I will accept nothing." And so he urged him. Uh, Naaman urged him, and yet Elisha still refused. And he says, uh, "If." if and so, so Naaman then requests, you know what? If fine, if you won't take my gifts, let me just then take some dirt back with me. And so, which is which is uh, which uh, seems to be a really weird request, but but it's still really really cool here. Yeah, um, he says he says, if not, please let me let there be given to your servant two mule loads of earth. Mm-hmm. Mule yeah. loads of earth. Yes. Really yes. Yeah. It's, 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 of measurement. Yes. Yeah. Let me take back as your servant. Let me uh, let me just take back these two mule loads of earth. What a, yes. what a unit of measurement. It's like, huh? I uh, two mule loads of earth isn't that far. I used to shoot mules every day in uh, my T sixteen. <laughs> my T sixteen. Whatever. It's. <laughs> it's, it's Yes, and, and so um, I flew uh, the Kessel Run in two mule loads. <laughs> yes, yeah. He says, uh, "Let me just take back these two mule loads of earth uh, to your, uh, 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 to be given to your servant, for your servant will no longer offer burnt offering or sacrifices to any other god except the Lord." And then he basically asks for a pardon. He's like, "Because because when my master goes and worships, my master is going to kneel down and he's going to use me for support." Which means I'm going to end up kneeling down, and so I'm asking in advance forgiveness for having bowed down to these others. Basically, saying, "Look, I, I'm going to end up bowing down, but it's not because it's an act of worship. So please forgive me for do, for taking an act of worship against these other gods in the future, because it's not going to be where my heart is. My heart is with the with the God of Israel for what there He has go. done for me." And Elisha says, "You know, go in peace." And so. Uh, so I, so I find this again, interesting. Yeah. Again, I think there's some pride going on here. I think oh, that yeah. he wants, I think he wants to do something that will put a spotlight on him. Say like, look, look at this gift I've brought to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Like, I think Elisha catches him in that saying like, you know, this isn't a thing. This, this, this is the, your heart's sort of in the right place, but yes, yes. But, um, but, it's, but it's not something that I can accept. And, and I think a lot of it, right. A lot of it so much, I think Elijah recognizes where the power comes from. He knew that he could not accept this gift because he didn't do it. God did it right through him, not him at all. So he could not accept this gift. And so and, and apparently this is what God desired. God said, 
no, don't accept this gift. And so it keeps Elisha humble and also helps create a new paradigm for Naaman to understand who Yahweh really is. Yeah. And so the fact that, that uh, um, so Elisha found it wrong to accept a gift directly due to the healing, a payment for something God freely gave. And so when right. we, we see this act of grace being expressed even here in the Old Testament, setting us up for, for what for what Jesus shows us over and over again. And I also think that it makes sense that um, I think that Elisha knows more about the scripture and the correct way to handle these things. Oh, sure. And I think that he is then then maybe anybody else at this particular moment. And I think that he understands that if Naaman gives him the gift and he accepts it. It's like Elisha was the one who did it. Exactly. Exactly. And then, and then secondly, if, if it's a gift given in exchange for a miracle, mm-hmm. then that's not good yeah. either. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. God this, is, this is not a payment situation. That. Now, yeah. in terms of the sacrifice though, in terms of that aspect of it, if it is a act of, sacrifice to the Lord in terms of reverence to God. There are situations in the old Testament where that makes sense. And that sure. is of Jewish, there are Jewish beliefs that, res, re, re, um, that, um, revolve around that belief system. But even yes. still, even still Naaman feels like he needs to somehow thank him or apologize to him for yes. whatever. Cause he says, cause he says in this matter, may the Lord pardon your servant. I think he's talking about himself. Yes. Right? Yeah. Himself. Yes. When my master goes into the house of Rimon to worship there, leaning on my arm mm-hmm. and I bow myself in the house of Rimon. When I bow myself in the house, he says that a bunch of times, the Lord pardon your servant in this matter. Yes. So instead of, instead yeah, of, so, Elijah so, yeah. So, so trying I'm, to like, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so my master is going to lean on my arm, and I'm going to end up bowing in this and this in this other Basically house of worship. In the temple but, of like an a pagan idol. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. he's like, pardon me for for because yeah. you know, it's, in other words, I ask, I'm asking for forgiveness because this is going to happen, but it's not because. But as he extends, as they expressed in the previous statement, there is no god except the god of Israel. Uh huh. So, so, so I think I think it's, 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 I'm Elijah, not trying to worship him, but it's going to be seen as an act of worship, and I apologize. And please, I want forgiveness for that. Yeah, I think, I think Elijah, that's really interesting okay. because it kind of like illustrates this point about, um, uh, like he has these duties that are assigned mm-hmm. to him because of his role. Like, sure, you know, he's. Um, he's already like committed to this role and like serving his king. And so um, that's something that's like kind of like, a, I don't know if it's a case by case basis, but like how often sure. does God allow <laughs> that sort of thing? Like, I don't know, like one, one of the things I think about is like people who were in the military, like, you know, military, sometimes uh, military personnel end up, you know, having to kill people or whatever. And it's kind of like, well, they've, you know, the world is a fallen place. And so there are some people who are kind of like called to serve in this particular role where like, Mm -hmm. you know, murder is wrong, but this is a different thing. And so like they ask for God's forgiveness in the case of like, you know, they had, um, uh, 
basically a task that they had to fulfill, you know. Yeah, and 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 I think so much of it is a case by case because it's about so much of it. I think is about where your heart actually is. Yeah, yeah, that's as, very as, true. Yeah, so these people are asked to forgive us because I recognize this isn't right, but it's what I've been called. That's what it's yeah. what was what, what, what I've been told to do. Recognizing that if I don't do it, then chances are I'm going to be killed, if not severely punished. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of things that we can be like really absolutist about as Christians, you know. And, you know, don't get me wrong, like, I, I don't believe we are to break any of God's commandments. Um, but like in the case of Naaman, like he was already serving the king and couldn't get out of that without yeah. basically it, it, causing a lot of dishonor, like if he would have yeah. broken that um, commitment it, that he made. And you got to remember in this day and age, you know, uh, gods were very much nation bound in yes. some respects. Yeah. And so, and so this, so what his king was worshiping was, was, was the king of their nation. You know, we we previously talked about this in, in our, in our angelic, uh, in our, uh, uh, heavenly host, uh, episodes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, so it's, so, so, so he's feeling like it's on a rock and a hard spot on top of that. He's not actually Jewish. He recognized Yahweh is, is the king of, uh, there is no other God except the king of Israel, except the God Mm -hmm. over Israel. Um, and so, but he's like, but he doesn't have a, um, to our knowledge, you know, he doesn't have necessarily um, a synagogue that he could go to, or or, or some place, uh, uh, you know, a Jewish leader by which he can work right. work with, you know. Um, and so, I mean, all, all, the tribe of Levites uh, was in charge of that, and they're all stationed in is in, in Israel. Mm-hmm. You know that that is literally their job as an entire people group. So, you know, it's but yeah, you, you get what I'm trying to say. It's right. So so but. Um, but in, in the end there, Elisha does say to him, go in peace, you know, yeah. to, to take your dirt and you've got your forgiveness. Go in peace. <laughs> I think that I think that the point of, of that quick go in peace has has more weight to it than because, like, if you really think about a situation, imagine a person coming into uh, to a church today and they don't know. Like, imagine it's like a military guy who's who's never been a Christian or something. And you he's like oh my my whatever i have constant headaches and you know god tells you to baptize him and then his headaches are healed or something right so then Mm -hmm. immediately afterwards he's like you know what i'm gonna do you know i'm gonna do i'm gonna bring you some ammunition and Mm -hmm. i'm gonna like flip and just put that in the church and then you guys can have that (laughs) yeah like it's like you as a pastor being like we don't need any of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we can't and then, accept and that. And then he's like, "Yeah, well, then you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go out. I'm going to go and tell all my military friends, just like how how great you guys are and how great God is, and I'm going to like give ammo to some other people. Just say sorry for for being such a jerk. <laughs> and then instead of instead of <laughs> instead of you going like instead of you going like, let me explain why this is a little off. Still, he's just like, you know what? Go in peace. Yeah, <laughs> you, you know what? You're right. Go ahead. You're fine. Yeah, I, 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 I think there, I think there is some weight to the argument because yeah, not being an outsider, he doesn't know how to properly express worship. And you're yeah. right. As you mentioned previously, the Jewish faith did have ways in which you give this offering for this reason and this offering for that reason. Yeah. You know, but but he's an outsider. He doesn't understand. He doesn't have that 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 uh, that mindset that 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 frame of reference by which to rely on. And so, where so so thus, there's a difference um, from Elijah's perspective, specifically of wait a minute, he's trying to give me this gift, 
not give mm-hmm. it to God. Yeah. And I well, can't accept not just that, that too, but he is trying to, he's trying to buy his yes. healing. Yeah, and, yeah, exactly. Trying to buy his healing. And that's God not how it works. Need, God doesn't require us to exchange. Uh, there doesn't need to be an exchange yeah. of goods. Like yeah. he, he wants an exchange of hearts. So like mm-hmm. mm. when, I like that actually. When that's a yes. great statement, Colin. That's a great statement. I love that. He doesn't want an exchange of good. He wants an exchange of hearts. I love that statement. So so what that's awesome. So so <laughs> I, I I'm often not as not as uh, uh articulate, but that, that one's a zinger. We'll we'll keep that in the book. Uh but um the thing that's like weird though is the what I, I guess what I'm trying to say is that I think Elijah doesn't feel the need to like address, even though this is still like him just being like, remember that one thing that I did? Well, I'm sorry about that. And I won't do that. And if the Lord pardons <laughs> me, then you'll know that I'm good. And I'll just take this, th- these two things of earth and I'll sacrifice them. And then he's just like, okay, go in peace, man. Like your heart's in the right place. I think you're on a good, the, the right track. It's fine. But what's funny is I think that the uh, Gehazi thing, Yes, that's undoes, what we're getting to. Undoes that somewhat, which is why it's so impactful. Um, because mm-hmm. it's like him being taught sort of by Elijah that he doesn't need to exchange anything. And then mm. Gehazi is like, no, you, you do. You have to give me some silver. Yeah, yeah, like, so, no. <laughs> yeah. So let's get in that. So 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 yeah. Naaman, Naaman heads out, and but and while well, after he left, um, we're finally given for the first time a name to Elijah's servant and that is as you said Gehazi and Gehazi um he thought uh, my master has let uh, that Aramean Naaman off too lightly by not accepting from him what he offered as the Lord lives I will run after him and get something out of him and so that is literally what it says here in verses tw- in verse 20 and so uh, so he goes up to Naaman uh, uh so, so Gehazi runs after him and chases him down and um and he makes up a story about how prophets come from uh, from Ephraim and ask for money and clothing. Naaman, not knowing that this was a lie, willingly gives up the, the relatively small request. It is a relatively small request given how much he was trying to offer Elijah in the first place. It's like, if you just give me just a little bit of money and just two garments. At the start of the story, we're told that specifically he brought 10 garments with him um, as a gift for right. uh, hoping that he could, because he, he brought a bunch of stuff expecting to have to pay for the treatment in some capacity. And so, uh, so Gehazi asked for, you know, uh, just uh, 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 um, please give them a talent of silver and two changes of clothing is what it says. Uh, and so, uh, uh, so, uh, so Naaman actually says, please accept two talents. You know, so once again, trying to offer more, you know, a talent. So uh, he urged him and tied up two talents of silver and two bags with uh, with two changes of clothing and gave them uh, to two of his servants who carried them in front of Gehazi. Uh, when, and when he came to the citadel, he took the bags took uh, from them and stored them inside. He dismissed, dismissed the man. Uh, uh, he dismissed Naaman's servants who had carried all this way back, and then they left. And then things are about ready to hit the fan. <laughs> Yeah, well, like what, uh, what we just talked about, about the idea that like he didn't need to exchange anything. So yeah. like I think that Gehazi is literally like undoing that lesson. Yes. Yes. This like, pa- this passage in my Bible is actually subtitled Gehazi's Greed. 
Yeah, mine yeah. says God is greed and punishment. But um, what I think is sad about that is that he's like, all is well. He's like, no, 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 it's all good. It's just um, we, we, we had to see these men come in. Would you be willing to help them out? You know, and 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 that's that's you know on the surface that's fine. I don't know if Naaman is completely like c- considering that the same thing. Yeah. But I think that because Gehazi is connected to Elisha, that he's he's like feeling like he wanted to oh, do yeah. something for Elisha. So now he's like sort of like, oh, now I can do something. But Elijah was like, you don't need to do anything. Yes. So like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so we have this uh, what we would call in our society a white lie, you know. You know, it, yeah. it is a lie. Yes, technically. Is it really? Did he harm anybody? No, no. Naaman wanted to give him more, anyways. You know, right. he, and Naaman actually gave him more than what he was even asking for in this white lie. You know, but is it what God wanted? No. Is is it what God commanded? No. And so, therefore, because it's not what God desired, it is the opposite of what God desired. It is by definition a sin. Which goes back to an episode we had just a co- just not yeah. that long ago, you know. It, 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 even this white light situation w- went mm-hmm. flew in the face of what God had commanded, and thus it is wrong. Even as 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 mundane as it might be, you know. Once again, Naaman's willingly giving it, but it's against right. God's will. Yeah. So um, so I think that uh, yeah, I think that something is lost on. A, Na- a Naaman because of that I'm, I'm sure he'll turn out to be fine um, he's he's now been healed so I don't think that's something you can just forget about or anything oh no like no that. no he, I'm sure he's talking about this for years to come yeah but I do think that there I think that maybe he left he left that entire situation more confused than he would have been yeah had he had he his last words that he had received from that area been Elisha saying go in peace yeah so and, like, and th- th- yeah. think about this he tells a story and he concludes it and, and scenario one, he concludes it with, and the man of God would not accept my gifts at all. It, it, it cost me nothing right. to have this. It cost me nothing. Right. And then you got scenario two and uh, he, where he, he tells his story and he concludes it with, and all it cost me was two talents and two garments. Yeah. You know, that, that's a very, different conclusion with a very different implications mm-hmm. attached to it. And, and he doesn't know the difference. He doesn't know the difference. And yet God is trying to tell a story and we've got man's greed getting in the way of what that story is supposed to be. Mm. Yeah. So, so we have the story here um, with uh, 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 this, this is where things begin to really get kind of uh where things begin to hit the fan. Um, in verse 25, it says, he went in and stood before his master and Elijah said to him, where have you been, Gehazi? He answered, your servant has not gone anywhere at all. So now you're covering up a lie with another lie. Right. Yeah. And he says, but did, uh, but then Elijah said to him, did I not, uh, did I, did I not go with you in spirit when someone left his chariots to meet you? Uh, uh, is this a time to accept money and accept clothing? Olive orchards and vineyards, sheep and oxen and male and female slaves. See, therefore, the leprosy of Naaman shall cling to you and to your descendants forever. So he left his presence leprous, as as white as snow. And so, 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 because of his transgressions, because he lied about it, 
uh, a, a, he is cursed with a leprosy that Naaman had had removed from his body. Yeah. Um. So like, there's a few things I want to discuss because we're getting on time a little bit. Mm-hmm. One of the things I want to discuss is because because we did this on the first episode about those three steps. So you have like who he was based on some other stuff we have, what the scripture says, and we have like the impact. Yeah. So first thing we'll say is this, you know, this is small impact, but the servant now has seven generations of leprosy. That's really sad. <laughs> um, but I want to talk more about um, the impact that Naaman had as far as what happens after this. There's not, there's nothing written. Right. We have, we have after, no idea what happens after this, after chapter five. But here's what I read on a study, which I thought was really cool. Yeah. So he he is a man of great authority because he's a commander of the Syrian army. Um, and he is subject to the kings of Syria, like the, uh, mm-hmm. what's that guy's name? Bah, Bahadad? Ben uh, Haddad. Ben, ben Haddad. Yeah. So, so one of the things that's interesting is that he's going to go back to Syria. So what does that mean for our big, bigger story? Um, well, a Syrian who's not a Jew, who followed ridiculous orders to go and dip himself in the river, was healed of his leprosy, which the Syrian empire knew about. They knew that he was sick with this affliction. Mm-hmm. So now he comes back, he doesn't have the affliction anymore. And when they mm-hmm. ask him, just like you said, Bob, he's going to tell them, like, no, this this um, Hebrew rabbi, this this guy, Elisha, who was a servant of the Lord, told me what to do, and it was because of God that it, I was healed. Um, you know, uh, and it wasn't in the way that I expected. And... Um, I think that that is going to, that rippled because Syria is not, you know, a, a Judy, Syria does not contain Judaism in many places until things like this happen, where a, a very influential figure uh, comes back and says, hey, this happened to me. And it's because of the Lord of Israel not because of any of our gods or anything like that's how, like that's how I know it's for real. It's spreading from a testimony. That's exactly right. And so what does that look like today? So Mm -hmm. what, you know, like, uh, uh, like fire that catches other fires, you know? Mm -hmm. And so what happens when that, that testimony brings fire to a few others. And then the Sumerians come back to, uh, you know, the, sorry, the Syrians, not the Sumerians. Uh, They come back to, you know, Israel later. And some of them believe in Judaism. Like, I mean, you just, you know, you don't know what kind of like spread that has, but God, God has mentioned many times. Jesus has mentioned it too, about the spreading of the seed. And so some will, some will, you mm-hmm. know, land on good soil. Some will land on bad soil. So you don't really know, yeah. but some will get trapped by the rocks and stuff. I have a feeling that um, Naaman is the kind of person that is a good soil person, though he's not perfect. 
um, who do we know in the world that was perfect before they became right. a believer? Right. And so somebody like Naaman, I mean, is just the same as somebody like Matthew, the apostle, like, you know, who were we before? And so, um, I just think that, I think that if we can take one impact away from this, it would be that, that he goes back to Syria yeah, and, and, and says, yeah, this happened. And not only does he say that, but he apologizes for worshiping in another temple. And so you've got to wonder if that is something going forward where he'll say like, you know, I'm not going to go to the Rimon worship anymore. Not doing that because I'm not only going to burn an offering to the, to the Lord of Israel, but I hope the Lord of Israel forgives me for that. And mm-hmm. so um, I think that, I think that that'll have, I think that will and did uh, have big repercussions yeah. for, for Syria. Um, I love how the way that God's scripture sets up these stories with uh, the Jewish people, because mm. um, they were meant to be a light to the Gentiles kind of showing them who their God is like who mm-hmm. Yahweh is. And um, a lot of what the old Testament shows us about people kind of like, you know, showing and like sharing their testimonies and like demonstrating it through healing. Um, a lot of those are the things that end up happening later with the church when people were right. spreading the message about Jesus. So Absolutely. it's just really cool. Yeah. It's like, um, uh, when we talk about Melchizedek later, that's the one that I kind of did some research on. I don't talk a lot about foreshadowing because I believe the Old Testament, the more I look at it, it really foreshadows a lot of like how the kingdom works, kind of gives us a preview of what's to come. And so I think with Naaman, it's, yeah, like Colin mentioned earlier, like Cornelius, the the centurion guy who like his servant was healed. Um, Mm -hmm. he wasn't, you know, from a Jewish background either, but exactly. Jesus demonstrated healing for him. Um, and so, yeah, like you see these things that, you know, Jesus fulfilled, Jesus was able to do it perfectly. You Mm -hmm. know, nobody in the old Testament was perfect. Uh, not even prophets like Elisha, you know, they're still human Mm -hmm. beings. Uh, Absolutely. But they're like a, you know, scripture shows us the parts of their lives that kind of like echo what christ was about to do and so that's really really cool so yeah i i uh, if there's one like i said if there's one way that we can take heart on this story i think it's because of you know what what then happens after with syria Mm -hmm. um and and you know it's crazy too because in a way i feel like his personal servants probably caught some of that fire too because they were sure who mm-hmm. suggested that he do that stuff. Like they were like, you know, cause I like the, what it says. Uh, um, I like that his servants said to him in my, in, in the ESV, it says my father. So I'm wondering if they, if his servants consider him like a father figure and they say my father. Yes. Yeah. Is, but basically yeah, that's exactly how yeah. it is. It is a great word. Um, the prophet has spoken to you. Will you not do it? He has, he actually said to you, wash and be clean. And so like, I think it's interesting that they call him a great prophet and like, they already kind of are yeah. like in that spirit. So I think already his like retinue it believes. So mm-hmm. what, what will that impact later? Like, I don't know. I just think that's, yeah, 
I know there's not as much info after this, but I just think that's one good way to look at it. <laughs> All right. So, Bob, what else? What do we got? You got anything else you want to wrap up about? Well, yeah, just the fact that um, that uh, we, you kind of touched a lot on, on that of, you know, the implications that he's going to have um, uh, uh, throughout. Uh, we don't know who all his lives he touched, but the fact that he was a significant individual, there's no doubt that he touched a lot of lives with, yeah. with this healing and, and the telling and, and the respect for the nation of Israel in a lot of ways. So we don't know the full extent of it, but we do know that, that this was significant enough that the, that the writers felt like it was necessary to include. And that, in a lot of ways, is easy to say, well, that's good enough for me. Yeah. And then, you know, uh, another, I guess another impact of this is that Elisha's ministry is, is mm -hmm. continued, you know, strongly. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, you know, Elisha mm -hmm. is working in second Kings in a lot of people's lives. Um, mm -hmm. and so I like to think that, you know, he's inherited a double portion of Elijah's spirit too. So Elijah, double portion, yeah. double portion, baby. <laughs> what a great, supposed to do jerk. a whole bunch more. Uh, oh. Greed is greed is terrible unless you're Elisha. When and then it's fine. <laughs> well, he didn't. He didn't. Well, did he ask for it? Yeah. Yes, he did. He yeah, goes. Yeah, he did, Elijah he? goes. What can I do for you before I, you know, so, go? Give me and a double like, portion of that. Spirit. He's like, I want double the power you had. And then Elijah's like, <laughs> you know what? F it. Let sure. Fine. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's whatever. No, yeah. not like that. But. Yeah, yeah. But 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 I think but I think there's a difference there because once again, it has to do with the heart. You know, even Jesus it says, is, is. "You ask because you do not have because you do not ask." And yeah, it's, 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 it's not because we should be asking for out of greed, but asking for the Spirit of God to move in incredible ways among us. Or you know, if our hearts are aligned with that of Christ, and when we do make requests, it is going to be aligned with the will of God in the first place. And that's kind of what we're, what we're getting at here. And so, whereas uh, 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 Elisha's servant. That was not the case, but for Elisha, uh, but but in Elisha's case, where he's asked for more, he felt like it was a holy and worthy request. And I think uh, I'm I'm being silly. I am oh, actually yeah. being silly about that because oh, yeah. in reality, what Elisha was asking for wasn't like power. It was yeah. the spirit fervent, of God, the, like the fervent spirit of the Lord. Right. Yes. Yeah. So to to rest within you. I mean, who doesn't so, want a double right. portion of the Holy Spirit? It was you know, not for His glory. It was for God's. Like, yes, one of the things and, that, and, I and, that I found that I that I want to do lately, um, like occasionally last few times that I've had people like, you know, want prayer for healing or whatever. Like I found myself wanting to pray, you know, may this person be healed um, right for God's glory. Like, you know, I, I'll start mm -hmm. praying things like, mm -hmm. you know, about how, you, you know, um, how great it would show God is if he were to step in, yeah. in this situation. And so, you know, I kind of, I feel like stories like this kind of make me feel motivated that way. Mm -hmm. Like it's all yeah. about like, Oh yeah. You know, demonstrating who God is because he's good and uh, he's at work. And it's, I believe that God is at work even in times where we don't see it, you know, not everybody gets healed. Um, 
it, but you know, we believe God is still at work even in the midst of those situations. But in those situations where there is like a healing where like it can be attributed to nothing other than God, like that's just mm. great. Like yeah. that's yeah. so cool to be able to talk about. Mm-hmm. And, and, and we see here a glimpse of, of, of what is to come. You mentioned the word, use the word foreshadowing Zach earlier. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a good way of foreshadowing uh, the grace uh, of Yahweh, it, which uh, uh, the Old Testament often gets a bad rap that the, the God, of the Old Testament is different from the God in the New Testament. And and this right here helps demonstrate the fact that that is not true at all. You know, that the, the, the grace that the God was always about grace in the beginning. Yeah. And so and then that this is just an, one more demonstration of that to the people who had a, such a hard time understanding and recognizing that fact. There you go. It's almost like they should read some of the Old Testament. <laughs> yeah, you should read the Bible more, you jerks. You right, guys? <laughs> so, um, so yeah, um, awesome. Na- uh, Naaman, a very small tale, but a tale that's important and uh, one that's really cool to, to for us for today. I think a lot of these people we're going to be talking about exemplify an, a aspect of what mm-hmm. we can aspire to be um i think naaman is the kind of person who was stubborn at first and then realized that he needed to take sort of a leap of faith based on some of the things that were being presented to him and then afterwards he realized a lot about who god yeah. really was and that god was god and that others were not and so that's that's something that we can take away from from that about the way we need to think about God. Stephen was a servant and we talked about him last time. And uh, he was, um, he was a person who was willing to die for his faith, but also to like uphold the truth of the scripture, regardless of how like much stuff was, uh, uh, you know, people were yelling at him, threatening to kill him. Mm-hmm. These are going to be cool aspects about like how we think about who, who we are as Christians um, and so next week, I think we should uh, keep the ball rolling with Melchizedek. Oh, yes. Um, Zach has a good, uh, Zach has a really good uh, notes already for that. And then afterwards, he was kind of like do... a superhero, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mysterious and, and after that, secret um, identity. After that, I'll do Jehu, um, who is not too far off from where we are reading now. So that'll awesome. be a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, uh, thank you for listening. Um, Check us out on Patreon. We are going to have some new content up there very soon. Uh, for anybody who wants to support our channel, you can um, go on there and become a shrub, I think, or a, a fern. Fern, mm-hmm. maybe. Yep. yep, it's fern. And um, uh, and uh, or for, if you want to check out any of our other stuff, you can check out um, um, this podcast on Spotify or whatever uh, uh, other places you can our Facebook pages, which hasn't been super active lately, but we'll. Uh we'll work on that some more there you go but uh yeah uh we love you and thank you for listening and we will catch you next time yeah buddy shalom